When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. future we're talking real money well this this seems to be our first opportunity to check in see how your christmas was hope it was good hope you had a good time hope everybody wasn't depressed around your house or sick or you know whatever they are at this time of year it seems to be the season for just getting sick a lot of it in my house maybe, i tell you, maybe. I, it's going around the good news for me is the in-laws are finally gone now the wine ran out and uh, they took the remaining turkey leg and left. So see ya. Uh, yeah. Well, um, it is. It's, it's amazing. I, it goes back to my scroogeiness. Like the reason we all get sick is because we all get together. We should stop that. Just FaceTime people. Well, you're one of the per- you're one of the people that does that the best because you're in your little room like 12 hours a day with I nobody am. else. And I can hermetically seal me in the booth. You can. Yeah, I'm, and I, I know we joked about this on an earlier podcast, but actually, I'm now going to make it official. We will bury you in the booth. My wife liked that idea. And yeah. then, though, then she had a better one. Yeah. Now, this is she's always thinking about money. You see, you got to be thinking about money. This is Talking Real Money, the podcast. So, therefore... You should be like Debbie. Think about money. She goes, got a better idea. Why don't I sell it when you die and cremate you? It's a lot cheaper. Oh, come on. But it's not as cool. I mean, people get buried in Cadillacs and yeah, stuff. Why you know can't what? you get buried in the booth? Nah, she I'm going to fight right. her on that one. She I'm going to fight her on she that She said, one. you will be dead. Who has the final word? Is it me you or her? You will not care. Well, uh, prompt. I don't know. State law, I think, says her. Okay. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but. You could grant me that in I your mean, will or something. It could be in there that it says partners. I, oh, God, please. Don't go back. <laughs> I to got a lot of comments thing. about that. So let's did not you? go there. Yeah, I did. did. Yeah. Did, People, they, did they ask if you. They how were surprised you were... that Warren was somebody's partner. They were very yeah. surprised by oh, that. Gosh. So please. No. Well, to uh, head into the brand new year or, you know, maybe just be in the in the year whenever you listen to this. Today, we thought we would uh, share with you some of the money rules and advice from the folks at Investopedia. They're, they're cranking out a lot of material there at Investopedia. And today, it's true or false. Are these truth or myth? And today, we are going to answer these questions that you, you, you hear bandied up, or these, these answers, these tidbits of advice you hear bandied about all the time. And so I'm going to read these to Tom, and then he is going to give his answer, and then I will either agree or disagree. Trump, my answer. answer. You're just waiting around. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I am. I, I get the last word because I have all the controls. <laughs> you have no control. Exactly. All righty. So, like the rest of my life. Okay. Are you so ready? Okay, hit me. Yeah. Wait, let me, hit the, let me hit the quiz show music. Are you ready to play myth or reality? Tom, your first question is don't invest 
until you're out of debt. You know, many people think you shouldn't dip into investing until you're no longer in the red. Dave Ramsey would be one person telling oh, you, yeah. get rid of all the debt. Uh, there's others. Uh, they quote somebody here that says, uh, not all debt is created equal in some cases, such as when you have high interest credit card debt can make a lot of sense to pay that down before you invest. Now, in a general sense, I agree with that. However, however, I think most people need to get in the habit of saving something and early because most people, this is what happens, right? Oh, I had credit card debt. I got to pay that down. Oh, I got married. I had to pay for that. Oh, I wanted to do a house. You got to get in the habit of not spending everything you bring in and setting it aside for a long-term goal, which is generally called retirement. So I still think setting something aside into a retirement account makes sense, even if you're still paying down high interest credit card debt. Okay. All right. So Tom is, well, Tom's answer is going to be exactly what mine would have been. It's it's just that he used a lot more words. Um, my answer would you? be, yeah. it depends. There you go. Uh, there you moving go. on. Okay. Like everything else, yeah. eh, it depends. That, do it that, does. That, the, my, I am never paying off my mortgage, just not doing it. Well, I mean, I I'll pay it off if I live to be how long? Um, ninety. See, because mine right something. now would be paid off in about ten years, I think, or less. Yeah, but I did see, a fifteen I, years, so I did a thirty. So mine, it's 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 in my nineties, I think. Yeah, it'd be in my nineties. So I might, but I don't plan to. All right, here is question two: Should you buy low? And sell high, Tom. And that sounds great. I, you know, the previously mentioned Warren Buffett famously said, you know, be be fearful when others are greedy, and greedy when others are fearful. And that kind of does suggest the whole uh, rebalancing, if you will, selling things that have gone up, buying the things that have gone down. Here's the problem: it's really impossible to recognize a market high or low as it's happening because where are we right now? Well, we're kind of at a almost new record high. Does that mean you're going to be selling everything? Not likely. You might be rebalancing a few, selling a few things and buying things. But in a general sense, I'm going to say that's a silly notion. Most of us are buy and hold long-term investors. Okay. I'm going to challenge you on that a little. I'm going to say, yeah, it absolutely makes sense to buy low and sell high. And, and as you said, the problem is knowing when that is. Therefore, you alluded to it, but you didn't really nail it. You didn't stick the landing. You must have a rebalancing strategy that forces you to do just that. It must be a disciplined approach because that means when the market, after the market has been really good, when you rebalance at your set date or your set percentage, you are going to be selling those things that have gone up. You're going to be selling the high and you're going to be buying the low. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. in my case, I am, I'm not selling anything. I'm just buying the things that haven't done as well in my 401k, for example, the money goes into things that have underperformed. So they get back to the correct percentages. Yeah. But so you've just got right. money coming in left and right. You just like roll only it. right, He's only right. Like, I have not found left yet. I'm still waiting yeah. for the money come in from the left. See, so. in, in, in Washington, you can have a basement and in basements, you can <laughs> set up, uh, printers and. Tom's is so sophisticated, just All right, money, yeah. just printing it. All right, question three. The percentage of your stock holdings in your portfolio should be 100 minus your age percent. I remember the first time I heard this from the famous 
uh, John Bogle. And no, this is nonsense, uh, complete nonsense for the following reason that says nothing about who you are as a individual, as an emotional being. And it says nothing about what your plan is for the future. So, no, that's absolutely 100 percent wrong. Um, yeah, it's well, 100 percent, 80, 85. Okay, because, 85. Uh, because it is at least a guideline. Generally speaking, the older people get, the less they're comfortable with volatility in their retirement portfolio. So it's kind of a guide. But as an absolute rule, yeah, you're right. But what you've got to take into account you, your risk profile. Go take the risk quiz at talkingrealmoney.com. That'll help you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, and our contestant, Tom, we have question four, three words, diversify, diversify, diversify. This is, uh, can I say it? What the quote inside of it is absolute BS. It says proper diversification will vary from person to person based on their risk tolerance, risk capacity, and financial goals. I guess that suggests balance between stocks and bonds. Yes, but that, as it says, nothing about your stock diversification. If you walked in the door today, I'm still going to tell you to own 13,000 stocks, matter right. if you're 20 or Got 80. Got it. I see what you're saying. So, so it's, I think it's, this is Yeah, silly. you're going to massively diversify no matter what. And that is the Bill Sharp rule. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Bill Sharp has two rules, and, and he's right about both of them. Diversify, diversify, diversify. Keep cost low, keep cost low, keep cost low. And in the, again, Wiki says, focus on creating the asset allocation that best aligns with your financial situation and goals, even if that means being less diversified. Now, I think that's incorrect. So yes, diversify, 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 but not in this approach. No. Okay. So the the idea is sound. The this. The, the the devil in this case is in the really stupid details in the article. And thank you for bringing those to our attention. Now, here's one that a lot of people believe. Your home is your best investment. And I'm going to read directly from their article. It says, from March 1992 through June 2023, housing prices experienced an average annual growth rate of 5.4%. During those same years, the stock market had an average annual return of 9.9. Now, that's a, what, 20-something, 30-year period, a 30-year, pardon me. Uh, It could be different the next 30 years. Don't know. Uh, Again, over the long haul, stocks have made more than bonds and real estate, despite what you might mean or might think, and also even with the leverage that comes with real estate. So, I will say, no, this is a myth. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the, the reason people think it's true is because of the, the power of leverage on the upside. But that power of leverage on the upside is also a detriment on the downside. So um, it, it, it shakes out. And by the way, just to let everyone know, the numbers Tom quoted are a direct quotation from the article from Investopedia. Yeah, these are not ones that we made up nor researched, so these are their numbers. Here's our next question. Are you ready? High returns. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I misspoke. I'm going to get fired from Jeopardy. High risks result in high rewards. 
Well, okay. This is, I think you like the term, it depends. Sure. There are things that you could have invested in that were high risk individual stocks, right? A particular uh, part of the market, a sector of some kind that made money and made a lot of money for people. But in a general sense, there is no promise that if you take a lot of risk, that you're going to make more money. Absolutely not. And the final question is one that I, I, I get in a way, but I'm not sure it's a great question. Retirement is an age, not a number. It's a little misleading. I mean, because what they're talking about here is, is your retirement age, your full retirement age at Social Security, which for me is <laughs> sadly now less than a year away. Uh, I think you've already, you've, have you reached I'm you? I'm through it. Yes, so, I passed um, it. That's, Long time ago. I, I don't think that retirement really has much to do with that number um, because many people, many of us want to continue to work. Some people may have to continue to work. Retirement really should be about the decision when you've had enough. Maybe the people you work for have had enough. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, maybe somebody else has a, yeah. a voice in that decision. And truly, you were you in my mind, you have purpose. You have some things that are going to sustain you, interest you, keep you going for a period of time. Because I find the people that sort of fail retirement, and it's happened in my family, um, don't have that. And so now we're back to you know sitting around watching news channels or stuff like that, that is really not very productive for you in the long haul. As a matter of fact, just recently, I think I can say this. Um, Tom was told by the folks who pay for this program at Appella, uh, you guys don't ever have to retire. You know, you don't have to, you can just stay and keep doing the podcast, please. Okay. That, that's today. I mean, this that's is a today. Thing I, I, I may change tomorrow. To family members about this are like, that's awesome. I said, yeah, but I've been in businesses where they said similar things and then they woke up one day and went, oh, wait a minute, our revenues are down this much. Here's what the situation is. You guys can yeah. just go do something else now. Yeah. So, but so yeah. you know what? Knowing the two of us, that something else would probably be just doing some of these. Yeah, we'll find a way to keep <laughs> Wherever we do them. Because By the way, I've got a few We kind of get a kick out of it. I do too. A few more myths here. If we, I know. Wait, we'll I, I, my list is done. Oh, your list is done. Yes. But I have a couple more. Um, you invented more questions. I can't help myself. You know, I mean, these are things that um, I hear on a regular basis. The first one is, well, you guys tell us to use boring index funds, but yeah, we're as Wall Street insiders, you know how to make the big money because you know what the trade is. You know what's going on. You can see the future. People truly do believe that they're the people that work in the industry, as we do, have some sort of inside baseball trick that they don't. Not um, true. We, we we don't. And none Warren of us Buffett do. Proved it with his bet versus the hedge funds, the 10 yeah, year bet. Absolutely. I mean, right there. Yeah. I uh, mean, and it was a long term bet. It was 10 it was. years. He said, You yeah. experts. I don't believe that in aggregate, you guys can beat the market. And they went, oh, no, we are smart. And they made a big old money bet with him and they lost. Yeah. Uh, The other one I hear regularly is I don't care how much I pay others to handle my money as long as I outperform the market, as long as I make more, I'm happy to pay for that. Hmm. And that Hmm. has turned out, it has turned out in the long haul to be, well, again, total BS because it 
every study I read says the more you pay others, especially with the instruments that you're investing in, simply means that's money you gave away. You're not making more. There's no, no, no correlation between the two to pay more for something and make more at the same time that I found. Isn't it funny that we hear that from regular folk uh, who are swayed by the folks on Wall Street, but you, you just don't hear that from academics? You don't hear it. I mean, I can I can name multiple, multiple Nobel Prize winners in economics, all of whom say one of the most likely indicators of future success is paying less, starting with William Sharp, who we just mentioned. He won a Nobel Prize, and his adage is, his best advice, he says, keep costs low, keep costs low, keep costs low, and then the second one, diversify, diversify, diversify. Uh, we've got time for a question. Yes. And I mean a question. It's a like, question. We still have time for a question. 200 because, words. You know, this is a podcast. It doesn't matter how okay. long we go. All right. Well, it's the holidays, too. People have extra time to walk their dog or do other stuff. Because they're waiting in line to return gifts. <laughs> Please. Which reminds me, I've got to check on Amazon because I sent a large one back and I have not seen the refund. Okay. This comes from Gail in Port Orchard, Washington. Gail writes, now, you got to follow this, okay? You got to listen. Wait, I'm, I'm going to get my notepad. because I think you probably should. Gail is 76 years old. Okay, 35 not years ago. Not trombones. Years old. Okay. <laughs> 35 years ago, I worked for a couple of years for a local transit agency. They offered a 457B, which I paid into. There was no matching. I've been trying for the last couple of years, last couple of years to withdraw my RMDs from this Voya financial account, but oh, they've given me the runaround. <laughs> I filled out the required forms eight pages long several times and sent them in only to have them ignored. I've called them and they tell me they were rejected for various reasons. So subsequently, I took the RMDs from other IRA accounts I have. This year, I decided I'm just going to withdraw it all, close the account as it has only around $9,000. Oh, good idea. Yeah, that was a good idea. Same problem, filling out the forms, mailing them, hearing nothing upon calling They said that they needed my former employer's signature on the forms to allow me to close the account as the employer required it. So I have to (laughs) try. I told this is lengthy. I traveled to the next town and met with their current financial person who was extremely helpful. She called them, explained they have no requirement for the sign off that I haven't worked there for years. They told both of us their signatures would not be required and I should fax them the paperwork, which I did the next day. Didn't hear anything again. So I called a few days later. They said that the fax had come in sideways. <laughs> I'd have to, This is real. I'd have to resend it, um, <laughs> which I did. A week later, I got a large envelope in the va- mail and I thought, finally. However, when I opened it, it was another set of the same blank forms telling me I need should have said blankety blank blank forms telling me I needed to fill them out and have them signed by my former employer. I told them they, that we were told, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing that it wasn't necessary. I just can't believe this is continuing. I just can't believe in this day and age that it's so difficult to get my money from a financial institution that advertises themselves as, and I didn't know this, the world's most ethical company, which I didn't know Voya did. Um, and, and Gail added, I think they forgot the un part. I called the financial person at the, tra- the transit agency again. She remembered the previous visit 
she volunteered to go ahead, sign the application, even though they had told her it wasn't necessary. So I drove back again, 30 miles round trip. She signed. We faxed it into Voya again. This was three days ago. I have heard nothing. I hate having to pay RMDs for money I can't access. I guess I'm going to have to take the RMDs from my other accounts again. I'm beginning to wonder if I'll ever see any of that money. What's wrong with Voya? Oh, oh, so much. So, so, so much. They hate letting go of money. They truly hate. They don't mind taking it, but they hate getting rid of it. They don't want it out. Um, I... Oh. No, this is this I is would, a serious disease in our world of finance. I see it regularly where people have to go through all kinds of hoops to do things. This is outrageous, frankly, behavior. Truly, it is. Now, I don't know if it, I don't, Don has more of a suspicious mind than I do. I don't know. You think? It's just ineptitude or truly they're like, we, we're not going to give up that $9,000 because we, we need to manage it and create a fee from it. But I will say this, these transactions generally are more difficult than you think. And this is one of the reasons, frankly, that we're in business, because if you become a client of ours or any good financial advisor, they do this for you because we know how to make this happen, where many, many people struggle for whatever reason. And Gail, I'm not picking on you because it sounds like you've done everything right. But this is always I see this regularly where companies, custodians just they make it very difficult, as you said, Don, to get the money out of there. Yeah, and and you may need to do what my wife does so effectively, and that is just go camp out in an office and say, I'm not leaving until I walk out with a check. You don't have to close the account. I don't care if you keep the account open forever. Just give me all the money. Yeah, leave one penny or something. Then. Give me Whatever. all the money. Yeah. Now, I just want to talk about the world's most ethical company. Yeah, uh, for that says Voya, right? Yeah, they company. they say that they were named the world's what most ethical company. Well, wait, it's true they were by I... by a for profit company called Ethosphere, and they charge you <laughs> for those uh, those credentials. How much? Uh, an article in the Los Angeles Times from 2014 says that, and this was in 2014, I don't know what it is today. Ten years ago. You yeah. you would pay Ethosphere $10,000 for the use Boy. of the world's most ethical company's logo. <laughs> That's outrageous. And you have to pay to get in to get in to into the deal, too. I don't know what the well, current now, okay, costs so this, are. The numbers are so starting this is, to come together here because this is, they couldn't give her the 9000 because they spent because the 10000 to be the most ethical. It, it all adds up. It you, sir, have Thank cracked you. the code. Look Finally. at you. Wow. <laughs> You that's, know, this that's is not funny, but it is in some way. This ways. just tells you, though, this when 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 you're paying a an organization and I'm not going to call them anything else because I don't know enough about them, an organization, a for profit organization, when you're paying them something to use a a designation. It brings the ethics of the company into question, doesn't it? It basically <laughs> has to, the fact that you pay. And by the way, this is prevalent in our industry because I'm not going to name the organizations, but major financial organizations take money from various brokers. They do from uh, advisors that want to have their name listed in various lists that people claim, oh, look, they're number three, blah, blah. They paid for that position over and over and over again. 
Yeah, in this 2014 article, 14, so this is almost a decade ago, uh, they, they were talking about Blue Cross of California and how they paid for their most ethical firm designation. Uh, and they paid a, there's now a, they, at that time, there was a $1,500 administrative fee, then the fee for the awards, and then ongoing fees to be part of their, their board, their ethics board, oh, okay, which is $6,000 a year, their business ethics leadership alliance. So you have to pay to be ethical. So those of us who are ethical and don't pay apparently aren't ethical and not enough unethically to be ethical. Yeah. Wow. I'm lost. Now Put I'm totally the un back in there. And I think you, you got it all figured out, Gail. So I wish I had some way. I like what you said, Don, go to the office. If you can camp out and say, not going until I get the money. Yeah. That's and but what I'm my not. wife does is she walks in with a toothbrush. Knowing you're going to spend the night and says, wait. I am not leaving your office without the money God. period. <laughs> and you know, Debbie. Probably works knowing Debbie. It, yeah. it works. Yeah. They they do come out and go, all right, all right, all right. You you win. You have to be the squeakiest of squeaky wheels. In fact, if you have any member of your family who's an attorney at law, you might ask them for Christmas to write you a letter on their letterhead threatening legal action. Merry Christmas. Ho ho ho. Now we have to go, go, go. Wait a minute. Ho 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 is late. Uh, what's next? Oh, old Lang Syne. That's up yeah. next. Uh, thank you all for listening and for being a part of our little get togethers and telling your friends and neighbors and go to talkingrealmoney.com If you would like some, uh, some free, absolutely, truly free, no obligation, no high pressure sales pitch help with your money here at the end of the year or in the new year. So just go to talkingrealmoney.com, Click on meet an advisor, Tom, anything to add? No, I have absolute happy new year to all. Thank you. Okay. And happy forever to those of you who listen after new year's day. Anyway, take care of yourselves. I'm Don Tom's over there and we just hang out here all the time talking real money. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. And the lawyers get richer.